Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. COVID-19 proves something so many people know, that health care is not offered equally to every person. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? Representative Sherry Bustos and three other House members have created a caucus this week that will look at health care disparities across the nation. One of the things that they really agree on is it's just more than doctors and nurses. It's actually a holistic approach to improving neighborhoods in order to improve health. And we talked with the chief executive officer of Community Health Center, Tom Bowman, who's been on the front lines of community health care in the cities. Did COVID underline just how bad the disparity is among the haves and have-nots when it comes to health care? Uh, I, think, I think definitely it show, showed a light on some of the disparities, but I, I think many of the disparities that we see here in the Quad Cities and around the country have been fairly well known. Um, but when it starts to come down to an emergency action like the pandemic was, uh, it just had a big bright spotlight on, on where those um, disparities lie. And take me where the status is right now, especially when it comes to uh, COVID and the vaccinations, because it's so important to get these vaccinations to minority groups and, and perhaps uh, underserved areas. Are you being successful in that area right now? Yeah, I mean, I think we're making progress. Uh, certainly, we know that um, there's been vaccine hesitancy, uh, especially in African-American communities and also in um, other minority groups, um, you know, for a number of different reasons. And so, you know, we made broadly available uh, vaccine to anybody that wanted it through a number of mass vaccination sites, um, you know, throughout all of the spring. And so now we're really focused on trying to tailor that approach, working with um, faith-based institutions, working with service agencies uh, that work with minority groups. Um, so it's, it's changed our focus a little bit. We can't just do max, mass vaccination clinics. We need to get in and educate about the, the vaccine, the effects, the effectiveness, uh, and then set up smaller groups. And that's, that's what we're doing in partnership with the health departments and the health systems. Um, we identify groups and we have uh, mobile teams that will go out and do, you know, pop-up type of things where you might be doing 20 or 30 vaccines versus 400 in a day like we were doing uh, during the height of the vaccine season. So um, we're just taking a more targeted approach, but we're making progress. We're not where we need to be yet. And that's what I was wondering is that, let's be honest, when the vaccines were first available, people couldn't get them fast enough. And, and we saw the senior yeah. population really go for it as well because they were so badly hurt by the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic. So when you're saying it's targeted right now, who are you targeting? I mean, who is it just people who just kind of say, oh, I don't want a vaccine or is it just people who don't think it's accessible yet? I don't, I don't know that there's people that don't think it's accessible. I think who we're, we're targeting are those that maybe uh, historically uh, maybe have a mistrust of, 
uh, healthcare or the healthcare system, maybe a mistrust of vaccines. Um, people that maybe think the pandemic is, is over or not a big deal in our area. We've seen our numbers come down considerably in the Quad Cities. So they, you know, it's over. I, I don't need to worry about it now. Um, so really going with those groups and we do that through community health workers and we have a, back, a dedicated vaccine team. Uh, and then, like I said, working through partnerships and we talk to, um, it might be a church, uh, in Davenport. Uh, or an African-American church in Rock Island. And, and we go in and we talk with the pastors and we talk with um, parish nurses and uh, try to educate those groups. Um, so it's really, it, depending on which social service group you're working with, it's, it's how do you get in front of the people that they serve and then educate them on the vaccine and try to convince them to go ahead and get it done. And some people really um, have been pausing because they want to see what the you know, quote unquote, longer term effects of the vaccine are. Uh, they might not be opposed to it, but they just want to wait and see. And so we've got to educate that the, you know, the long term uh, is really once you get past 90 days, you hardly see any other, um, you know, negative experiences. So uh, doing that education and, and doing it in a targeted way, that's our approach right now. You've seen that uh, Congresswoman Sherry Bustos has created this uh, caucus in the House having to do with health care disparity. Uh, how important of a step is that? And what's the one thing you think they need to know? Um, it's, it's a very important step. And uh, Congresswoman Bustos has been a, an advocate for health centers and an advocate in health um, for a long time now. Um, you know, the focus of, of what I have seen of her program is really tackling social determinants. And um, that is exactly what we do here at CHC and why we were created is um, to make sure that health, you know, healthcare is driven by a number of factors. You have genetics, you have healthy lifestyles, um, and then you have medical care. But really, the biggest drivers are those social factors. Does somebody have affordable housing? Does somebody have the food that they need? Need can they meet their rent and utilities? Um, if they can't do those things well, then it, you know, the medical care that they receive is um, not gonna not gonna move the dial on their overall health. And so. To me, it's very important that she's standing up at the federal level and bringing together other uh, House members to join her in that caucus so that we can come up with what are what are targeted ways that we can uh, invest in our communities so that patients that maybe come to CHC for their health care, we have a, a clean referral system or a smooth referral system. So if they also need help with housing or they need help with transportation or um, education, legal, those types of things um, will help that person manage not just their medical care, but also their, their social environment. And so we know that that will improve overall health in the long term. Community health care, of course, is located in, in the heart of many of the cities of the Quad Cities, getting to that population that live in what you might call an urban area. The other side of the coin, yep. of course, is rural areas. I know that you're expanding your telehealth. Does that seem to be the big equalizer now is is the use of telehealth that will help both rural areas as well as some people who really can't make it to the clinic well i think telehealth can do a, a lot of good stuff we we definitely have expanded uh, the use of telehealth here i i work with colleagues across the state of iowa where it's very rural populations and they're also using telehealth you know it can do a lot from uh, initial um you know, meet and greet with your doc, uh, get a health history, some of those types of things. We're, we're never going to fully substitute some of the physical care that needs to happen in the physical exam, but definitely having access, especially on the mental health side, uh, which is a big focus on the telehealth program, um, that tends to lend itself to, to better use over telehealth. 
but there's a lot of screening and, and other services that can be done uh, via video uh, and audio. So we think it's one tool in the toolbox. I think there's other opportunities for more mobile clinics, uh, whether that's a bus or a trailer. CHC has um, three trailers now. We intend to go out into more rural areas and also uh, work in the urban areas, especially with homeless populations. So there's a lot of tools there, but telehealth is definitely uh, one that we plan to expand so that we can get to more of the rural areas around the Quad Cities. Whenever you take a look at the health, the overall health of an area like the Quad Cities, the actual health care is one of those determinants of how good a community is. CHC has been a part of, of each of the communities. H have you noticed, because I'm sure you keep track of this, is the general health of the area getting better because of the access that you're providing? Yeah, that, uh, that's something that we do. Uh, we do what's called a community health needs assessment, and that's driven by both of the health systems, both of the health departments and CHC and a number of other partners. Um, so we do track a lot of indicators. There are some indicators that are improving, um, and then there's others that are either staying level or not improving. And so um, indicators change over time, and it, it takes a long time. I would say we're, we've been holding steady, but we do have uh, some that aren't moving the way that we would want. Uh, so, for instance, access to health care has continued to be a challenge. The number of professionals uh, that we have in the community and, and patients knowing where they can go to get primary care services uh, is a challenge. We're in a health professional shortage area. So just have that alone makes it more difficult to address some of those chronic disease states like hypertension, um, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. And so there are there are things that we're improving on, but um, we haven't we haven't uh, gotten everything where we want it to be yet. And you touched upon another one a little earlier, and that is mental health. Um, we're coming yep. out of COVID, and let's be honest, a person to person to person has has dealt with this in their own way, and it has been tough. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we've even seen the full effect yet. Um, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of mental health challenges. Uh, you, you of course have the anxiety and, and the concerns around the the pandemic and the disease itself. Um, but what we're seeing, you know, we're, we're on the cusp of a lot of the moratoriums being lifted on, on housing and, and some of that kind of stuff. You're going to see people that are going to be without shelter. Um, that raises stress and anxiety. That has a mental health effect. Um, kids not being able to be in school. Those, those types of things all play a role. So a lot more, um, social isolation and those things. So that is something that we work collaboratively with our, our mental health partners in the community, Robert Young, Beer French, uh, two of those plus here at CHC. So we're, we're trying to figure out how do we expand services and make sure people know that they, they have a place to go that they can uh, have those needs addressed. We are actually seeing an uptick in numbers of cases in our region on the Illinois side. I, I, I can't speak for Iowa right now, but on the Illinois side, we're seeing an uptick basically since the end of June, early July. Have you seen that as well, more COVID positive cases? And, and are you attributing that to anything in particular? Um, I mean, I, it's the Delta variant, I think, is what we would, we would point to. It's, it's uh, in our community. It's more contagious. Um, you know, our, our vaccination efforts have been robust, but we haven't gotten to a herd immunity. And so we still have a lot of unvaccinated individuals in the Quad Cities, and they're more susceptible, of course, to the Delta variant than, than others. So we have seen an uptick. Um, it, it hasn't been a spike yet, I wouldn't say. Uh, and here at CHC, we haven't seen a big uptick in, in positive cases, uh, but we're not testing as much as we once were. So 
we'll see. It's something we're watching closely with the health departments, and we, we want to just keep uh, banging the drum on people get vaccinated. Um, even the things that you're seeing in the hospitals, um, the vast majority of people that are being hospitalized and or uh, succumbing to this virus anymore, they're almost 100% unvaccinated individuals. So the, even, if, even if you get breakthrough with the Delta variant where somebody gets sick, they're not getting as sick uh, if they've been vaccinated as if they're unvaccinated. So um, we still need to keep vaccinating and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll keep it from a big spike and, and hopefully it's just a small increase. Are you worried, though? I mean, because it's the small increase, as you mentioned, seems to have come after the 4th of July, a lot of gatherings on the 4th of July. And then you add Big 7 and you add the Street Fest and you add all of the other events. You add the county fairs. You know where I'm going with this. We've got a lot of crowds yep. that are meeting. Is that giving you some pause? Uh, it's I, I don't know if it's pause. Yeah, we worry. We worry about it. I think every healthcare organization that's been uh, battling the pandemic from the start worries about large crowds, especially if there's uh, unmasked, which is, it's going to be at this point. And so, yeah, we we're worried about it um, and we're prepared for it, though. We we are still have our services in line where if we need to ramp up operations to to address those things, we will. Um, so, yes, we worry about it. And we kind of knew this was was going to be coming uh, as we as you roll back restrictions and and uh, quarantines and all that kind of stuff. It's just a natural cycle of, of any infectious disease uh, that's airborne like it is. So um, we're worried about it, but we're also prepared to, to ramp up and address it if, it if we need to. The Chief Executive Officer of Community Health Center, Tom Bowman. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.